Hey, what's up out there, addicts? Welcome to the Addicted Fishing Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We got a change of scenery going on here. Are you weirded out? I'm weirded out. Ain't gonna lie. And this looking. We're trying to make this a little bit more engaging for all you people that are watching on YouTube and all you people that are not watching on YouTube and you're listening on iTunes and Spotify and all those other places, you need to come over to YouTube and hang out with us because we're also videoing these podcasts so you can listen to them on YouTube as well. What are we talking about? What are we going to talk about tonight? Why is your phone crack? Plug fishing, right? Plug fishing? Some plugs? Cam, you don't ever fish any plugs at all for salmon, do you? A little high water techniques? Yeah, I don't think so. Do you fish any plugs? When I have to, yeah. Would I have to, but pretty much no? Well, no, I'd like to, but I, I, I like trolling. You yeah. Know? If the conditions allow me to troll, that's what I do. You know why I hate plug fishing? Because you have to get out there early to get all the damn good yeah. spots. Oh, I'm yeah, not into that anymore. Fact. Ever yeah. since the 360 Super Series stuff came about, yep. I like that. Just, yeah, just show up when you want. Go troll. Yeah. Yeah. I no. was actually talking to Ed about that other that the other day. You know, it's like back in the day, you used to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. sleep on an anchor spot. Yeah. Like... I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. When we're fishing as many days as we are waking up that early, it's like, eh. I know Josh, you know, like Josh birds. was doing that a bunch. <laughs> Josh is still doing that the last couple of years for Steelhead, and i just been over it. Like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm not trying to go down there. That's a little different because there's 200 spots down there that not enough people know. I don't even talk about that. We're talking about plugs. Yeah, yeah, true, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to derail. Before those- we get too crazy, this podcast might get out before... The extension. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Really so quick. I mean, Columbia River Fishery. You know, it ended today. We're filming. We're we're doing this podcast on April tenth. However, they did just announce that they're going to give us two more days, April thirteenth, fourteenth. However, the conditions the last couple of days have been kicking people's butts. You know, I mean, there's some guys getting them out there. I mean, I give them some credit. You know, there's some guys getting after it, and then they got some fish on these last couple of days. But ultimately, you know, the conditions were very, very much against us. And if you landed on them, you did. And if you didn't. Well, you didn't. You didn't. Yep. <laughs> so, <Literally. it's> been- <laughs> Jordan, Jordan one day gets in my boat and we're going to float just me and him. And he's like, you know, today, Marlon, we're going to catch the ones that we're going to catch. And the ones that we're not going to catch, well, we're not going to catch those ones. That was Jordan's deepest thought, yeah. people, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the hell? At lost. first, I had to like think about it for a second because it confused me. Just like his comment, big hair, big fish. Wait until you see the new hat I got from the next live feed. I got a Jordan wig to put on. It's glued onto an addicted hat. It's so sick. <laughs> just wait. We, all just, we should do it when he's in Alaska so that way he doesn't see it. He's not here. That was Oh, that's so awesome. Also, all you guys that are out there listening, before we kind of dive too deep into salmon fishing, we did want to announce that we finally released a date for the new movie premiere, Addicted Alaska. It's on May 31st in Portland, Oregon at the Alberta Rose Theater, and we have tickets available for purchase now. There's 400 seats in the theater, so we hope to fill that damn thing to the brim. So please head over to our website, addicted.fishing. There's a bunch of different options to get tickets. They have we have general admission, we have like a VIP admission, which will get you like preferred seating, the better seating in the theater. And then we're also offering a family admission this year where you can basically get two tickets for free for kids under 12. So we really want you to bring your families and bring the kids, and that's kind of one of the inspirations behind making these films is hopefully being able to inspire kids to get out fishing just like we did when we were kids. So Kids under 12 come for free. There's an option on there to purchase family admission. So Addicted Alaska 2, Winter Chrome Blend, come hang out and see us May 31st. It's going to be fun. It's It'll be entertaining. Be it's always awesome. fun. Always Can't fun. Can't wait. 
Yeah. Well, and speaking about plug fishing, there's some pretty epic plug scenes on that. that yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> we can't talk about scenes. that much, but there's some insane plug fishing that happens on that film. And like we talked about, if you guys are in our live feeds and our YouTube feeds, or if you're watching on YouTube right now, thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe. Tap that subscribe button. But like we said, we uh, this isn't just your normal movie. You don't sit down and like watch a movie and hang out and like it's all quiet and. It's a party. We're yeah. cheering and clapping and we're giving away prizes and I'll be throwing out hats into the audience and we want people to be stoked and excited and have a good time. There's drinks there, alcohol for the people that are of age to Over drink 21. alcohol. So there'll be food. There's, they have like a full bistro there. It's a, it's a cool place and it's like an old kind of historic theater really so it's it'll i think it'll be fun it's gonna be a good time and it's cool bigger venue. than the last one so yes. all you guys that sit there three days before the uh movie comes out and goes hey man you got any extra tickets and we go no we sold them out we sold them out well, i said this no, on, i said this on this. the live feed there was people oh. at the door asking for tickets yeah, you know, to get in that I'm was like, pretty crazy yeah. to see and that means a lot to us guys we're yeah, not like trying to be cocky or brag about that we're humble about yeah, that we're excited humbling. and stoked that you guys are that excited to come hang out and see these movies and that's why we're making them because it wasn't for you guys supporting them there wouldn't be any reason for making them so please keep coming out by the masses and supporting these things because then we'll keep bringing badass fishing content to you that's so. right yep. we'll do it again and that movie and, is badass fishing content exactly <laughs> if you're if you are a steelhead angler and you watch that and you don't like enjoy it then you're just a hater Period. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm just, with I watch the trailer and I'm, I, dude, I do it every day of my pretty much every day of the season. And it got me excited. Yeah, I want right. to be there. Yeah. So awesome. Is your nope, mic you're messed good. up there? Oh, good, man. Oh, yeah. So that's gonna, all I'm going to say about Addicted Alaska. Let's talk what these people really want to talk about. And that's like fishing. Yeah, I know. Catching them. Yep. Spring season, Columbia 2019. What a joke. <laughs> what? You caught some fish. Oh, we've got fish. I don't know. It's just a weird year. Fish right. are scattered, not yep. very many of them. The last, you know, these last like four or five days of the season, you know, Nick and I should have been going out making four passes, black and four, <laughs> calling buddies to do the afternoon troll. Like, and we just, Mother Nature just decided to bitch slap us right upside the head and said, yep. nope, we're not doing that this year. It was right as fishing started to kind of, you know, yeah. started to improve and you started to figure them out a little bit. And, and then all of a sudden, there's just this monster storm. You know, we didn't get rain all winter. You yeah. know, we Facts. literally had zero floods all winter. And then right in our 10-day opener, we just get blasted. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny, too, is like not funny, but like some of that upper Willamette Basin stuff had flows higher than they had in 96. Yeah. That's I mean, they crazy. were telling people like, get do out. not collect your things believe you so are going to flood the my uh client i had the last day i fished um she's actually from their cottage grove area mm -hmm. and she told me that like she had she lives way up off this high-end bank and and she had like two feet of water in her in her yard and she's like that is she's like i've never seen she, she's been there since the 90s <clears throat> yeah. you know yeah and i've never seen it that high the coast fork of the lamb is what really you know yeah really that's massive. the one that is that Doriana Dam yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. familiar with those areas, yeah. but yeah. That's, that's convenient for those guys that don't want to leave their house so they can just fish from their house. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> right. just cast the line out. Put a gill in your living room. Video, did you see that video, KAT? Yeah, the video of the jet sledder. Yeah, going across the highway. <laughs> I mean, like, and people are like freaking out about that. I'm like, we do that every yeah, day. Yeah, every day. I mean, yeah. every day we fish in those currents in the high water water yeah. yeah that guy's like, obviously knew what he's doing he's it, probably so. gonna get in trouble though like for something i don't know it looks i would like, do it it looked to me like some sort of well he needed groceries like, research boat or something <laughs> you know so someone posted 
That looked like one of those little jet boats they use in like. It was. It was yeah, a nice boat. Yeah. But you know what the boat's name was? Calm. Uh-uh. Did you see that? Uh-uh. It's called Titan, like T-I-T-A-N. Uranus. <laughs> oh my god. I saw the picture No, that one wasn't on the oh, news, but someone, obviously a lot of people, a lot of fishermen, small world, small community. That is it funny, was dude. I'm dead serious. Have you seen that? Oh, so it was like a just a normal dude. No, like, all the people on, on fishing addicts were like posting this guy's boat. Like he's like a fisherman, one of the up dude. No, he's a fisherman. So who filmed it? Well, the helicopter filmed it from <laughs> So the helicopter was just cruising by. Yeah, he was then, like, oh my god, that guy's cruising out in his boat. Right. And he just started filming it? Well, yeah. And then, but, Folks, but then really people are sharing it. <laughs> people are sharing it on Fishing Addict Oh my god. And then people, uh, other fishermen know him. And they have like, pick, I'm going to pull it up right now. There's other people with the Dude, that, is the most, that guy's a legend in my <laughs> so, Someone buy him a beer, damn it. Someone buy that guy a beer. That video was epic. I watched it like five or six <laughs> times. Dude, he's just... Mobbing. Yeah, I do it too. Ripping around. So fun. Yeah, that was super uh, cool. Tighten your anus around the corner. <laughs> 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 right, right, okay. right hey, before I forget, let us know if you guys kind of like this new setup. We're going to keep adding to it. Probably put some banners in the background. We're going to put a little table in front of us and kind of just make this, hopefully be able to bring like fishing lures that we can like look and show into the camera and kind of keep adding to it. You can't really see it right here, but you can see. I mean, That's he's got it, it metal plated out. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a savage. Say, yeah, that other one get a little closer, but yeah, that is sweet. That's hilarious. It he's was. Oh, I, it, has, it has his name on here, but I don't want to get him in trouble. But so, if you're on the podcast it. and you're wondering and you're listening, we're talking about KTU News posted a video today of a guy basically cruising his boat. The water's so high in the Columbia, he's like ripping it across the the highway. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Apparently, his boat is named Titan Uranus. Titan. <laughs> Titan. Yeah, Titan. Titan. <laughs> and if you don't find that Anyways, funny, there's I'm a sorry. lot of water this year, folks. And so, with a lot of water, that with a lot of water, and all that water is coming out from the Coast Fork. By the time we get out to the Columbia again for that extension, it's going to be plug fishing time, high water techniques. And we've had a pretty yeah. fortunate year. It's been a troll, troll show. Yeah. No questions asked. Um, you know, out here on our live feeds and our YouTube live feed, we did a bunch of different types of scents for your plug. We wrapped prawns and sardine and herring and canned tuna and all that good stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to get two days on the Columbia, but then we got to go to some of those tributaries. And when do you think, because this podcast will be out before that Willamette clears, when do you think we're going to be fishing in that? Oh. Uh... If we're lucky, by the 26th, 27th, maybe You're first week two of May. Solid weeks. It, it might be longer than two weeks. I mean, I was kind of looking at the graphs from the past. Kind of depends on how much more rain we get, too, right? That's what. That's the big question is, is are we going to get pummeled again, or are we going to kind of get that drying trend and, and allow this water to fall out? But if we get, like, a straight drop and it crests tomorrow, I was kind of looking at the previous trends, and it drops about a foot to two feet a day. You know, until it gets to that lower, and then you got to worry about the turbidity. You know, it's that last part of the clearing is all turbidity, so yeah. you're waiting for that water clarity to come back. You know, and it could be three weeks. I mean, you know, literally, we could be looking at the first week of May. If Sean, was it you that told me you saw someone anchor fishing out there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sturgeon. 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 must be sturgeon. Yeah. I saw like 
some of the largest logs I've ever seen floating down the river today. I was that's like, scary. oh my god. Yeah. Well, the turbidity right now in the Willamette is 72. <laughs> yeah, that's so, good. You know. We fish it at about well, 8. And <laughs> so we, got <laughs> we, we, ha we have actually, though, like even when the water was high, we've dropped a GoPro down and the last like five feet were actually fairly a lot clearer than it was you, know, you actually would be looks. surprised yeah dude. well and that's what i always say is like i i tend i'll start fishing some of the areas that i fish like i'll start fishing those when the turbidity is still up above what most people would be fishing you know you got to change your tactics and and you know that's, get in tighter yeah, and get in tight and find some lanes that those fish are going to move in without dealing with a lot of silt and debris and all those things you know everyone gets this idea that the the this, what you see on the surface is what happens down below uh you know for steelhead for example some of the holes i fish look just you would never even think to fish them on the surface but down below it's pretty calm and those fish hold there you know so yeah. you've got to find that type of water and and really pick that type of water apart and that's going to be where our success falls for the next few weeks i think um, and that's what we're talking about, you know, high water, what to do in high water, plug fish, anchor fish, back troll, those types of things. So what's, when it comes to anchor fishing, we're talking plugs, we can was showing like all the different things to wrap. What's your favorite thing to wrap on a plug? Like what's like your go-to, if you pull out a plug, you're going to wrap something on it. So I still, I'm a big tuna guy. I like tuna because I can, I extract the oil from the tuna and then I add whatever I want to the oil. So you can kind of play with it. You're not just getting one cent. You're not stuck in one zone. You really, you know, you, you with like, a, you know, uh, unless you're brining like sardine, you know, sardines or, yeah. or tuna belly or something like that. But canned tuna is so cheap. You can use a lot of it and you can play around, you know, you can mix up a bunch of different bags and you can kind of key on what they're keying in on. And so I like to go the tuner route just for ease of use and, you know, yeah. cost effective and you can really do a lot with it. You know, um, when you're paying five bucks a pack for sardines yeah. or seven bucks of whatever they are, eight bucks a pack, it's like, do you really want to? buy 10 packs and make a bunch of different baits for the day no, no. not really it's hard though because no. i there's been some days where i feel like man sardine just really outfished oh, yeah. other yeah. things yeah that would be my go -to. i honestly like sardine was my go-to especially fall fish but springers i tend to like tuna i was gonna say sardine for summers but yep. tuna for springers i yep. don't know what it is i don't know what it is either it's, I would say like tuna tuna later in the season for me has been really, really hot. But yeah. earlier in the season I think that the fish are a little bit pickier. Yeah, yeah. But but tuna later on in the season has been killer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I and you and I, see that. kinda looking back on that day I remember I had with Jerry when we just absolutely mopped him up on Yeah. Who? <laughs> it was summer Chinook, so yeah. And they just were munching the sardine. Just yeah it. yeah and i i mean i i do different you know if i got six people in the boat i'm doing different things yeah you know and i like to do my like when i do different baits or different wraps i like to do them two two and two you know so i'm spreading them out doing you have two of the same rods so you know what's getting bit and what's not i tried to do the you know one this one that and scatter them but then i never remember what was on what and I, by the end i'm like what'd you get bit on and they don't know either so you yeah. don't just you yeah. don't just taste the little piece of bait that i just the lick the plug <laughs> i, I, I lick it. the plug and go oh yeah that was sardine <laughs> so what are some of the other things cam i know you showed basically you did tuna what'd you do prawn prawn yeah herring you put on there yeah herring i mean prawn, prawn is i think the most underutilized one and there's been some days especially in that late spring early summer that's 
prawn wrapped plugs really shine. Um, essentially, like you know, your 14 killer fish stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to get that kind of a fishery this year. You know, with what, how the how the compact conversation went with them setting the seasons and what's going to kind of go on. You know, what fish we're going to have for later on that we didn't catch in these early seasons that we might have available later. There might be a pretty good fishery in May. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, kind of depends on the dam counts and all that good stuff at that point. But yeah, that May fishery with some prawn wrapped. Uh, KF-14s work really well. Really well. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like that water temperature, like, really I think decides on what it. type of sense you're using, too, for sure. Yeah, and I, I always find that, like, once they key in on something, it's like, and that's my thing with scent. That's why I always have a hard time. I was talking about this on the live feed, but, like, dude, once you start with a scent and you get it on you, and if it's something they're not eating that day, you're toast you know so i'm real careful with it like i put on gloves and you know mm -hmm. put one rod out and and kind of just do a test rod until you find the scent that they want but I yeah so it's that's what steve every time steve from procure you know talks a, a lot about scents. that's what he always says is he's like i always just start my program out everyone's got different scents and then if that guy gets a fish on the scent i everyone still has different scents as soon as he gets another fish on the scent everyone yeah. goes to that i always scent. say it's the two fish rule okay? yeah like one is kind of a shot in the dark but you know two is becoming a pattern yeah and, and you kind of just let it roll from there and then three you mop up on everyone around you three you start to switch everything yeah <laughs> and it's game on you know i yeah. don't know about you guys but you guys run one plug that's just bare no scent because i've done decently <laughs> with doing that also i have a guy i i know this guy and he runs that's all he runs but he does use scents, and he does some of his own little creations and stuff. But he swears that it it will outproduce, and you know, and he does. He catches a ton of fish on plugs. But I don't know. I I'm a rap guy, man. I like to have some type of. Some type I don't of even know if it makes there. sense. You know, I kind of feel like if a fish comes up behind your plug, it's and it's gonna it's gonna be a biter. It's gonna eat it regardless. But like it, I just have that feeling. It makes me feel more confident, you know, that when a fish is going to come up behind it, it's going to eat it with that scent or yeah, you know, for just sure. something to trigger it in on or sense in on. But and I, I've all you people out there watching on YouTube, I just want to take this moment to apologize. You know, we've really been trying to work on Cam. He has an addiction to Facebook, um, so we, you know, we've we've been trying hard to get him to like stop scrolling but it's, he just can't stop yeah. every time he like he'll put his phone in there and he's just scrolling it doesn't scrolling. matter what you're looking I at i just showed him what i'm looking at though i'm getting content for this podcast how else would i show you tighten my anus or your anus i respect you for that one but everything else you're addicted but hey don't forget subscribe if you're on youtube guys like i said we're gonna try to make these podcasts a lot more immersive hopefully bring in some lures that we can show on camera and just talk about them and do a lot more of those kind of things so before i was looking at a rot that i was actually looking at some of the river levels and i saw turbidity yeah. turbidity in vancouver you know stuff that's really relevant relevant to yeah, the, to exactly the you know, yeah. so what at, is the turbidity right now actually what's kind of weird honestly <laughs> vancouver was it man so what you guys can do is you can go online and i gotta find it again you because i'm gonna ask i think i know what's going on here but there is a you can search, go to Google and search Vancouver, as in Vancouver, Washington, turbidity. And what you can see is what they have a gauge, just like they have on the Willamette. Just the USGS does? Yeah, and it can determine, like, basically what your visibility is in the water. And what was kind of crazy about it, 
as it starts below 10 like all week and then it hops up to 20 drops back down to about 15 spikes to 40 then drops back down to about 15 and holds and if it's at 15 it's totally fishable well it's not totally fishable but it's, you're in the game if it's at 40 you don't have a prayer but there's a yeah. lot of good anchor spots in me right but what i'm saying is that like i think what's happening there is when you have the turbidity that's coming into the columbia right now is either coming from up river or it's coming from the Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening there is the one that's tied. No river names. Hashtag no river names, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but you see these two giant spikes on the turbidity gauge. And I think what happens is when the tide, I was correlating the tide to that. Mm-hmm. I think the tide slows down the river a little bit. Some of that Oregon water shoves over to the Washington side and blows it out. Yeah. And so, like, say, because you I mean, that's look at that. Turbidity doesn't change that well. It goes up that fast, but it sure as hell doesn't come down yeah, that fast. Yeah, but could it be a reflection to the river height and the. Water that, being let out from the well, dam. Well, so if you look at this, and then if you look at your look at your tides, like you can see how how much tide has an effect, and then as that river level goes up, it doesn't. So then when you look at your turbidity, you know how it doesn't anymore. Like yeah. I'm wondering if that has to do with the mud flow coming in from that Oregon side. It's kind of crazy. But for those of you guys that want to look or want to fish, you know, um, from Vancouver upstream of the Sandy, that that Vancouver turbidity gauge, like I said, it's like kind of your bible. Yep. Like I said, it's going to tell you what that water conditions, if they're fishable or not. Yeah, so if you had, like, where are you going to be this weekend? I'll probably, somewhere on the Washington side. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's all you're going to have, unless you go up top. I was going to go way up, but I didn't want to pull my boat and do all that. Mm-hmm. It's just a nightmare. And that's your alignment turbidity. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, like 70? Yeah, it's like 70. Yeah. Well, but for, for all those people that, yeah. that are wondering why the river so high, <clears> isn't <throat> Idaho just getting a shit? Town to run off. Well, so I, I got a picture from Jim Hester today, and he said, This is McNary. He said, Mud coming. And it's just a picture yeah. of the dam at like full discharge. So Idaho <laughs> is pushing out a ton of water right now. So that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, this weekend, even though the NOAA forecast isn't showing it, I mean, the bottom line, guys, is like when we're, when we're kind of like fighting these high water situations, it's like, okay, they can be super productive. Like, they can be ridiculously productive because if you can find those travel lanes where all the fish are going through and you run the right plugs and you run the right scent, but it's a puzzle because you got to figure out where you can fish, what that tide's doing, what that current's doing, all that good stuff, whether or not McNary and all those dams upriver are going to just send a wall of water down to where you're not going to have a prayer. Yeah. Just, just yeah, and you know what's game. funny about all this is like, all these guys all season were talking about, oh, it's going to be a low water springer year. It's going to be, I've been saying it for a long time, you you don't know how much snow's up there. You know, there was a lot of snow this year. I mean, even the coast got pounded, you yeah. know, for what we're used well, to. Well, in, in the spring, like yeah. Yeah. early late, winter, we got we all that we late snowfall. Yeah, dude. yeah, it's all, all that, that late stuff, late though. Snowfall. And then as you know, and then you turn around and you get 70 and 80 degree days followed by big torrential downpours and I mean, dude, we got a wall of water coming, and and the reality is, is it is going to be high water fishing this year. We're not going to have low water. It's just, I think this is going to hang around for a while. Once it's up, it's going to stabilize and kind of stay up. So, I just, you know, this is time to time to put your big boy pants on and go try to figure out how to catch them because you won't catch them at home. I can tell you that. You know, yeah. Well, if you there. if you look at the, I will. If you looked at the farmer's almanac before this winter, it said that it was supposed to be a mild winter. Like, no one expected all this snowfall. But if you're a Pacific Northwestonian, if that's even a term, like, we we all kind of knew it was going to (laughs) happen. 
and is, yeah. all that yeah. snow. No, we weren't getting away with that January and February every day steelheading in 55 degree weather. Yeah. Exactly. We yeah. were going to pay for it sooner or yeah. later. <laughs> and it happened. We just got hammered with snow. Yep. Yep. I mean, even like, you know, Southern, uh, Southern Oregon, like Eugene and Cottage Grove, they just are getting pounded by this storm. They got pounded by snow, worse than any, worse than they've ever seen. You know, three and four feet of snow in there. You know, I mean that's crazy for late spring. Like, <laughs> you know, so who knows? We just prepare. All you can do is see. Just prepare. I'm going to make it a point this year. Like, you know, I, I mean, we're trollers, right? We always do that. But with these conditions, like, I every year I tell myself because there's a lot of guys that do some anchoring in those Willamette areas, and some of them do very, very, very well. I mean, told myself I'm like I'm gonna start doing a little more anchor fishing in that in those channels and in the willamette in the there's a couple spots Man. dude that i know a couple of locals have been doing it for their lifetime right. one of them he like he's got this like 30 foot boat and he goes out there on like a six and a half horsepower kicker dude and goes like four miles but he is i'm telling you every day the guy's catching fish you know it's it's and it doesn't matter even even when it's not it's kind of crazy because even when it's not super high water conditions, his plugs are barely working and he's still getting crushed, you know. And so there, there's some really good anchor spots out there, and it's just, like, yeah, and it's just hard to, to you know, you got to be really, you, you know, setting your ways to go out there and really, you know, do you it. Yeah, put because, some time in on that. Well, yeah, because you know you're gonna have these, you're gonna see these good days pop up, a guy's trolling, and then it's like you got to stick to your game plan. You know, if you have a game plan, go with it and and you know make it pay off there's a lot of research that goes into figuring out that that you know the willamette and because it's a weird fishery you know it's a it's a dark water not a lot of current it's it's a kind of a weird i fishery. took the whole month of may off to be just be right on your ass perfect <laughs> you can be in my boat <laughs> you're gonna, you gonna ring popcorn yeah <laughs> you're gonna ring popcorn and like 700 flashes because that's how many i'll lose trying to, <laughs> trying to follow you don't want to follow me i got some dirty tactics <laughs> well, I, drove on the, I drove over no. the lambit today and there was like 500 million logs that were floating down that river so so yeah, yeah be prepared to lose some gear yeah, so Nick has a tactic where he likes to get into these troll lanes, <laughs> and then he, you know, he he'll catch fish in these troll lanes. But what people don't realize is he's having his clients constantly reel up and drop their baits back down. So he's like, "Hey guys, reel up, reel them up to ten. All right, drop them down to fifteen. Yep. Reel them down, reel them up to five. Reel them up to two. Reel it all the way to the surface." Yep. And then it's very, very like active. It's not for someone like there's certain clients that can't do it. I mean, I'm not joking. Like there's a certain client that you can't do it. And if you follow me, it, you're probably going to lose all your gear because you're not going to realize that we're reeling up. And it happens <laughs> quite often. Yeah, Cam, let's hear it. Well, I just a couple of years ago we were back trolling in the Columbia. Yeah, and it was really, really high water, and and uh, me and. TJ and Forrest and a few guides were like just we were doing really good in this one area, but the water completely covered up like this little short wing dam and there was no dolphin on the end of it. We all knew it was there. <laughs> and so we would sit there and back troll like around it. We cut you know, back trolled like up to it, you know, reeled stuff in, drifted over it, set stuff back out, fish well, there's one guy who doesn't guide anymore, which doesn't surprise me, but anyways, he um he came in one day. <laughs> And he was like, he, I think he thought we were trolling, but he's up. So he starts uphill trolling the area, <laughs> yes. and he's just in our way, and it's just like annoying. And so he starts trolling uphill, and I'm watching him, and I'm just to the side of him. He's to the inside. Forrest is down below, and Forrest calls me up. He goes, "Are you watching this?" I go, "Yeah." 
And I go, I think he's going to... Oh, yeah, and I watched his bow rods load up on the wing dam as he was trolling upstream over it. Like I said, I know I hit the other guy's jump. And then his back rods. And so he goes up like 30 feet past it. All his rods are pinned in it. He finally realizes it. And instead of drifting, just letting off the motor and drifting back over it, he walks around every part of the boat, blows up every line, on the rod, blows up every rod, leaves all his gear on the wing nap, and then just takes off. And <laughs> oh, Forrest and I are on the phone going oh back and forth. We are just dying. I'm like, what the hell is this? And that was his like, last Bravo, day <laughs> Slow clap. Like, it was the most, it was just, it was gratifying to watch. It was well, so I, so I kind of have a story like this. So I Cam Fish is in one area, we're not going to talk about it, but there's an area where a lot of boats try, like like to kind of pile into it, right? And Cam is just in there just beating up these fish and i'm like dude i have to go in there i'm like i have to get in there and try to get on these fish right and him and tj are like pushing people around in there with their boats right so i'm like what? no come on i'm like all right i'm gonna try to get my way in here you know so i i swing around and i i drop in well i wasn't on the current enough like i wasn't on the kicker enough to like get up in there and so i drop my stuff in and instantly hook it on the I hook two rods on because the anchor boats are right there. They all anchor like back a little way. So yeah. when you're coming up in, if you drop in too early, you catch all those guys' anchor lines. So I try <laughs> to drop in, instantly snag two of my rods on these guys' anchor lines. And I, because I'm just completely freaking embarrassed what I just did, I'm like, just break. I'm like, just cut them. We're out of here. So literally, before anyone could even see what I did, I just cut my. It went back up. Let's go get lunch, boys. We're out of here. And so that that was my experience of trying to get it. But then I like you know I went back in there a few times and finally figured it out how to like get in there and hook fish. But that was my first time trying. So and that's the thing, like you know you like these areas are not areas they're not easy to fish and like these this fishery especially on the Willamette and stuff is. It's a tough fishery, man. And if you you gotta be prepare, use your electronics, you know, right. use your knowledge, pay attention. This isn't a place you're gonna drop your rods to the bottom. And, and really, even, even though it's too mile. late, even though it's too late now, one thing that was kind of nice too is like when we were able to go up into some of these haunts that we troll, like in the channel and land it when the water was low, just to get another kind of. I was able to go yeah. through with some of the side scan yeah. on my hummingbird, and yeah. I was able to like mark the pilings. Like, okay, yeah. this is the furthest edge of these pilings. I do not yeah. want to go through. Some of the snags at yeah. some of the islands and stuff. Yeah. Like it was so you know, my, I kind of spent a couple days going through there and it's gonna pay off. Why well, is what I did is I spent a week straight and I took I there's five or six little flats that I like and I took a week straight and I went up and every day I went up and I motored and I just graphed the bottom and found big snags and watched the pilings and looked See, at them. And and I found those, but it's what people don't realize and pe the things like people don't pay attention to is Sets of pilings are evenly spaced, right? You know, so you're going to have piling 12 feet, piling 12 feet, piling 12 feet, so on and so forth. A lot of these guys don't pay attention to that. And so there's a lot of these, these pilings are super old, you know, so they're broke off halfway down, three quarters of the way down. In your head, I mean, you got to understand that those pilings carry them out into the river. And so that's what people miss on is they see, oh, there's no piling there. So they troll over it. Well, there's still three quarters of a piling underneath the water and they lose all their gear on it. And, mm -hmm. you know, four or five times of doing that, it, you'll just head to Well, that's really smart, too. Like you said, not myself included, a lot of people don't do that as mm -hmm. much as you should. Like mm -hmm. go out and spend the time like, oh, man, it's not. I need to go out and graft this bottom before I really start yeah. fishing this. Or and the best time cheat. to do it is, 
It's summertime. You now you cheat. Nick's card. Take my card. No. No. What? At three sixty. Yeah. It picks up the pilings and stuff in front of the boat so well. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, really? That three sixty hummingbird. Oh yeah. It's nuts. The three sixty transmission. Oh yeah. You can set it out. Set it out to like a hundred feet in front of you, and you have warning. Like, okay, there's there's logs, there's debris coming right for you. Yeah. That's pretty. That's sweet. really yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. There will be screenshots coming for that too. <laughs> I, yeah. I know, I know you guys are professional guides and all, but aren't we supposed to be talking about plug fishing? This is well. This is high water plug yeah, fishing. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of all high water this, trolling. This is, this is pretty and, uh, much. This is pretty much going to be like how our how our late fishery is. What we're thinking. Yeah, just about we were. We definitely. It was kind of plug centric, but yeah, we are. We're just talking more high water springer. You know, I think like these guys said, the rest of the season is going to be high water. So we're just kind of talking all different tactics, high water. So. Yes, but you're right, Sean. No, you're, you're right. Plugs. But I will say one thing <laughs> before. Downhill troll my plugs. Before we, we get off this topic, guy. though, be safe out there, too, man. There's a lot of crazy stuff in mm -hmm. that river that will eat. I mean, so, there I, was a boat pulling out at Vancouver. A buddy saw he had two, he had two outboards, but only one out drive. Yeah, I saw a guy hit uh, a big stump in the Columbia. Well, I didn't yeah. see it happen, but I saw the, dude, the log was just torched. I mean, it was barely, you could see the top of it, like, you ain't going up in the dark, I can tell you that. But just be safe, man. Stay middle channel. There's stuff everywhere. You know, there's going to be new stuff from this flood. And see, Nick's just saying stay middle channel so you stay out of his trolls. <laughs> I, I troll pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about when you're running, ladies. Well, what was so funny was a couple years ago, I remember, dude, I got like three or four text messages, a couple messages, like everyone thought Popoff was twitching up <laughs> springers in the channel because he strategically placed a coho like twitching jig in the background of one of his pictures just to make everyone rope. like think. <laughs> like, and, no, the caption was, I, I wrote, it's think outside the box. Yeah, it, the captain was like, like think that. outside the box. Then he had like strategically placed it in the background <laughs> of like all these fish. Dude, and that, week, that the, like up. the last two weeks too, he had just been murdering them and posting all these pictures. And so everyone, I remember everyone was hitting me up about dude, it. Dude, like, I had so many people be like, dude, are you seriously twitching in the, in the Willamette? I'm like, <laughs> Dude, I just run twitching jigs behind my 360s. That's what spinners. I did. Yeah, dude. that hair that dude, destroys them. Shush! <laughs> oh my gosh! Why are you giving away secrets? Gosh, dude? Wait till we see the new twitching jigs. <laughs> oh, so talk about. Did you just give away a little secret? No. Talk about uh, Cam. Like you talked a little bit about like back. Talk more back trolling stuff. You know, like getting I like, into. I like it. I mean, it's just something different. And last, you know. Last couple of years, oh geez, sorry, I hit the mic, guys. Last couple of years, it's been real productive, but man, I just couldn't, I couldn't get on them on the on the old back troll in the Columbia the last couple of days, and not, I don't think it's because I the feel like if you went bad. out this weekend and did it, you'd mash. Yeah, it. And, I, and maybe, but one thing I noticed, one thing that was very strange and odd is we were fishing a rising river the last four or five days on the Columbia, mm -hmm. and. The fish were like shotgunning over these flats. They were not, yeah. they were like completely scattered about. They were not in like travel lanes. You would sit there and you would, water's high, it's murky. You'd catch a couple fish or see a couple fish caught 11, 12 feet of water like they're supposed to be. And then you'd look and there'd be some Guggen out there trolling at three and a half miles an hour, 40 feet of water. And yep. you'd look, he'd be all by his lonesome out there in the middle and he'd get one. And you'd be like, what the hell? And you're like, oh, okay, well. And then like, it, the, the inconsistency, those the few fish that were there 
were scattered. Yes, very like, much it so. Wasn't, it wasn't line them up and tee off on them like it had been in the years past. And so, one thing nice about back trolling versus anchor fishing is you can kind of adjust. Like, you can kind of, like, kind of watch what's going on around you. You can just be sitting there working, the, working you know, 15 feet of water or working the seam line or working this area. You see a couple fish a little deeper. You can kind of slide out. You can kind of really work it around. But, shoot, I couldn't get on them. Couldn't yeah. get on them. And so, I mean, I like the technique as far as using it in the Willamette, um, you know, in some of the tributaries as it gets up here. Unfortunately, with the high Columbia, you know, we lose a lot of the current stuff in the Willamette. I don't usually play the uh, the old waterfall game too much up there because I just can't stand yeah. feeding seals. Yeah. Uh, Dude, last year I seen you mop them up back trolling, so I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't even believe you. Yeah, no, no, no. This I'm just saying, though, this year I couldn't get on them, whatever. I mean, that's I what watched. it is. I watched him do it. Yeah, yeah, I was trying. Trust me, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> Trust me. I think that there was just no the fish are just like. It was oh, just they just don't think they fish. were here yet. Yeah, no, the situation exactly. was like it, it didn't play into our favor. Big rising river, big storms, and we had all those crazy fronts. Coming oh no, through Sunday! No, like if I go out, I, I can't down. Saturday because Saturday I got a cooking trip. But man, if I go out Sunday, this next podcast you might be hearing an epic back troll bite because those rods are rigged and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yep, I agree. We'll see. Or I might completely suck. <laughs> but once Never again. happens. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, even the peanut gallery oh, is like, oh. 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 <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're swamped. We're swamped. We'll do the game. <laughs> yeah, Swanson's been pretty damn consistent this year. He's caught on some fish. Yeah, he's caught yeah. one first pass every day. Yeah, he's like the first. I'm gonna call him one fish Swanson. One dude. fish wonder. But one you want to know wonder. what? Hey, Mikey, he's you're not in good. this podcast. I'm not. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's never touched a springer in his life. I haven't. I mean, I've touched one. I've been, you know, inexcusable, and I had very good luck. It's either the whoever rolls. We need a fifth microphone now. <laughs> Cool. Just throwing it out. We gotta there. have Mikey on a fishing. Yeah, podcast. we'll have we'll have Mikey. You guys can hear Mikey a little bit in the background. We'll bring him onto a podcast here soon enough. I'm the one hand wonder tank to my guy. So talking high high water tactics. So like with plug fishing. So are you guys running the stock trebles that come on your your plugs? Or are you guys switching out the side washes? Or what are you guys doing for that? I switch my trebles out. I don't like side wash. I, I mean, I don't know. I've had everyone says that there's no perfect way to run a plug. I mean, in my opinion, you're going to lose fish, miss fish. It doesn't matter what hook you use. I just keep, I just put standard treble with a little drop back swivel on it. But I do remove the belly hook a lot of times. So my one, remove one the belly hook. What's that? You remove the belly. It just hook. has one. Sometimes mm -hmm. one treble or one side wash. One or the other. But there were these crazy hooks this dude gave me, and I've never, I don't know what they were, but they had like a backwards barb on them. Have you ever seen those? Like, no, but no, they, a barb I, comes I, off the top. And that I had it on my one plug that he sent me like that, and dude, those hooks were money. <laughs> I don't know what they are. I don't, you know who it was. So. Yeah, it was money. But I can't They weren't as good hooks. as Mustad. I don't. I think they were a mustad hook, honestly. With a back barb? No, it's like a weird. Like I don't even know if it was technically a barb. It was like 
It was the weirdest hook I've ever seen. And he swore by it, and I ran it, and I never lost a fish on it all fall. It's not those rigid ones where it has all the little ridges on no. it. No, no, it's just I'll one. Are, it's like one bar, and it's like I mean, a. I, mean, I, mean, I, I can got, say that. If you guys like those out there, sorry, but. No, it's I'm like a, a it's got like a, uh, it almost looks like a circle hook, you know, or like a big river bait hook, but like has this like tiny little like barb on the, on the, yeah. Gamagatsu does that too. Yeah, but it's not a Gamagatsu yeah. hook. Name drop it, see, have them, have people hit them up. Yeah. Mikey, people cannot hear you in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Shh. I'm sorry for my people that want to pretend <laughs> that was and you the, apologize to nobody. The, the gentleman who sent <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman who sent me that was Greg Daft who runs Splatter Customs and he sent me those plugs rigged like that and he just I, I met him on the river a long time ago and he just gave me a couple plugs and told me to run it that way and dude it was one of the most successful plugs I had but I can never find those hooks I look for them all over the place and I don't know where they are. Why is Clint over there acting like he like knows something about it? Where are they at, Clint? Well, he knows the guy. I, the, yeah, where are so, the hooks? I don't know. I can find out. Yeah. I can post in the group. I can find out. No one can hear you either. Yeah. Clint's, I'm loud. Everyone can hear me. Clint Guaranteed. Is, Clint is going to try to find the hooks that I'm talking about because there's a name to them, and they did work really, really well. And they're just a single hook like a sidewash. Not quite. They're a little more rounded, like a almost like a sidewash circle hook. Dude, make them blow up Greg. Yeah. That message splattered on. And ask yeah. Him. You can you. ask Greg at splatter.customs. He paints some pretty sick plugs, too. Very sick. Yeah, I have a few of his plugs. They're dope. Dude, he sent me some that were just like, Filthy. oh, my God. You look at him and go, how does a fish not just jump in your boat for that? <laughs> I mean, in the long run, it probably sells to the fishermen more than the fish because I think the fish are going to eat what they're going to eat. But, dude, his craftsmanship is sick. He's got some really, really cool stuff. And he'd do pretty much anything you want. I had some stupid ideas that I was like, hey, do this. And then, then you got them. I was like, man, those are dumb. <laughs> man, those are ugly. <laughs> they look good. I mean, the paint job he did on was phenomenal, but I couldn't believe I wanted those. <laughs> it's the truth. My bad. Oh, so what about you, Cam? What do you like for hooks? I like. I'm kind of a stock hook guy until they kind of wear out, just because the weight. You know, I've got plugs that are. Killers that I do not want to change. And that was, want to adjust, that's one thing I was going to say. About one thing that. I was going to say, like up on the nush, on the nush, though, you know, you got to fish a single point. So there was a lot, you know, and I got to give a lot Bob Kratzer a lot of credit because I thought I knew plugs, especially you know, kind of my game down here mm -hmm. where we can use two hooks. Well, you go start playing that single sidewash game. There's a lot more to it, you know, as far as like, you know, bending the offset and the hook and and the eyes and how you run your drags and like what you're trying to achieve like how you're balancing the plug on you know putting stuff on the belly like that's why it's kind of surprised to hear you remove the belly but then again you hang it back so i don't yeah. know i mean yeah. and and when you have those plug and it's funny because like when you go up there and you're in that much of a target rich environment mm -hmm. you know bad plug will still catch 10 fish a day but a good plug will but catch a good 50. Plug, exactly, will catch 50, yeah. and it will be over. And, and when you have, you know, hundreds of fish stacked behind you in a little gravel rift that goes from two feet to six feet, yeah. and you're just sitting there backing those plugs down a long day, you can really figure out which one they choose. And so there was a lot, um, you know, there was a lot, a lot to it, and a mm -hmm. lot to keeping, like, I mean, like our landing ratios, bite to, to land on, on, on killer fish was like, 85 90 percent with a single hook Damn. 
because of how you fished it versus you know necessarily the hook the and, hook, and yeah. you know and so it's kind of it's a big puzzle piece and unfortunately down here springer fish and we don't get to play that game and i'm, yeah. I'm kind of the thing is like it's so stupid because i'm setting them setting my ways like okay, yeah. i've got I've had, I've had these killer fish now for a shoot ever since they've been out and i don't want to change them do you think that they tune differently with one hook versus two. Well, well that's what I was absolutely. That's what I was just gonna say. Is I had one of my best plugs ever was straight out of the box, like mm-hmm. just fished it stock hooks, and I switched that plug because I had lost a few fish on it, and I got pissed and I blamed it on the hooks, you know, like every fisherman would, and so I switched it to how I rigged my other plugs, and that plug just stopped getting bit. Like, wow. and so I don't, and so it makes you rethink your whole process. You know, do you go back and, and yeah, I, I give, I mean, you should have put the stock hooks back on and seen what it did. Right. Yeah. That's probably true. I'm yeah. And see, like I said, I'll give a plug. I'll give a, <laughs> I mean, where it's applicable I I and where it's legal, river when I did that. I'll give the plug a chance. And I mean, it's, but, it, but it's kind of dumb because then, you know, when we, when we go up there, all I'm saying is that if, if a plug that works great with double treble may not work, it doesn't seem to work maybe as well. With the single side watch, but so but if you start all your plugs, like if you have fifty plugs and like just like I did on the Nush, you go up there with fifty plugs and you're you like start them all. You start them all single side. That that's you're your still baseline. Find your workers, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. and you did. Um, and then you know as the season kind of progressed and we had just tons of fish. Well, and, some you know, year went some maybe in like a five or six years when we get some fish back, you can experiment. And try no, well, I mean honestly, I should just run those Nush plugs down here. Is what I should yeah. do, yeah. just be done with it. But I mean. Do you, you know what I mean? You're fishing. What's that? Do you think you could replicate the same conditions on well, anchor versus back trolling? No, and stuff? because because I think when you're we're, we're, you do a lot of flatlining. That's what I mean. Yeah. And so you know you don't have jet divers. You don't have lead balls. So you, you don't know, have all that extra drag. You're always on the motor. Through. You're always on the motor. So the second they start to bite, you know, you're not an anchor. So when you're, when they're when they're biting and they've, they've, they've loaded that rod up, you know, you can just quickly, just your hands on the throttle, just like you do, you know, kind of speeding yep. into a herring bite. You can bury that hook just instantly where on anchor you can't, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's there's a couple, but it's weird because for how much different it is really from down here and how successful they are with plugs up there versus here. And it's not a fact that, oh, okay, well, you're missing half, but you catch so many fish you don't realize it. No, like, the landing ratio is insanely impressive. Like, hmm. it blow your mind. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think the water's faster. The water's faster, too. It's so that's another flat thing. And that, what's that? That's another thing. Like, yeah. we're, we're fishing a lot, of, a lot of the anchor spots. Yeah, fish, kind of like the ram water. You get that slow-ass yeah. water that's yeah. just kind of like, ooh, you're so, almost barely working your plugs. And those fish eat it, and there's not enough current to set the hook for you. So you're, mm-hmm. those fish are swimming around Yeah, they get plug. spiked. They throw yep. it out of their face yep. real quick. They're gone. You know, that's why you see that triple pump. And, you know, I... And like I said, so that's you get why 25 I said, ultimate, bites and land five, you know? <laughs> right. Like, and I think it's just apples and oranges as much as like it's still plug fishing. It's just not the same. I mean, it's completely different. That's what I mean. You can't replicate off yeah. of something done on a fast moving river where you're back. Fast I mean, the deepest spots we were fishing most of the time are like six, seven feet. Yeah. And then fish you go 10 foot stuff, but anchor it's still 15 to 25 feet. Right. And, and yeah, everything's so much different. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's apples to oranges. At well, that point. I remember a day though, that Marlon and Cameron limited their boat and we all had about the same amount of hookups, but Marlon and Cameron limited their boat and we probably landed two compared to their six. And, well, 
we were doing i thought that we were doing the same thing and so i i don't know i i don't know if, that's a small sample size though because everybody yeah. had everybody's had those days where you're like yeah summer chinooking on the columbia and you're like with plugs and you're like two for 12 or something and then the next day you go out and you're six for seven or something yeah. like i think everyone's had those days you gotta look at stuff like you can't you can't look at stuff for like you can't look at bite to bite or day to day you gotta look at stuff over a whole season mm-hmm yeah, absolutely, because that's how you can pattern them a lot easier. And that's sure. how we develop addicted products, too, boys and girls. Anyways. <laughs> Shameless little pitch there. Shameless little pitch there. We spend a lot of time on the damn water. Everything that we come out with and try to do, we try to make sure that it's right and stuff that we want to use, too. So yeah, And we well, spend whole seasons doing it. Exactly. And, and I have damn. seen it tenfold just destroy <laughs> other people fishing. Like Bob Bob Walker, for instance, that's a fine example. <laughs> oh, geez! And with that being said, we're gonna end it. We're gonna end it on a on a slap to Bob Walker. I was say, no, we're all cursed. We will not catch one springer on this extension. Hey, we might as well just go kokanee fishing, bud. I wasn't part of that. I was over here in my own little area. <laughs> Minding my own business. Oh, well, thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Like as well, like always, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to please tap that subscribe button, comment below, share this out there. And if you're on all the other platforms, please leave us a review. Let us know how you guys are liking these podcasts. Let us know what you think about the new set. We're gonna, Like I said, we're going to keep adding to it, making it a lot more immersive for the video portion of this. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the river. Later, guys.